CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. In three, two, one. The America I love is a shining city on a hill. And for me, <laughs> Illinois, uh, it's always shine the brightest. Oh my God. But we are failing Stop to live it. up to that vision. What By almost every single measure, our failed political class is driving our state into the ground. Oh, God. Illinois is now known for three things high taxes, corruption, and crime. You no, know, four things. Lame to Republicans. If you have to pay some of the highest taxes in the entire country, you should at least expect the benefits of a well run government. Oh, yeah, That's like the Robert government was so well run. For 10 trivia points, who was that talking? Is the question posed to me? Yeah. Uh, I would believe his uh, that is Jesse Ventura Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Uh, does any Republican in the state of Illinois who talks about uh, the disorganization of the state of Illinois without mentioning the four years of Bruce Rauner is doing an insult to truth and justice and the American way? Uh, J.B. Pritzker, he's he's lucky Jesse Ventura isn't running. Oh, man, he'd have a run for his money there. <laughs> Come on, please do your Jesse Ventura imitation one more time. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> no new taxes. <laughs> oh, Lord, look who's joined us early. The man they call the money man. Pride and joy of Gary, Indiana, Monroe Anderson. All right, Good afternoon. Good afternoon. By the way, it's true, uh, Dennis, his Monroe's Real friends, like his oldest friends, call him money. I'm not making that up. They oh, call yeah. him money. I remember that. I, I love that nickname, man. Money. <laughs> as in in the bank. Right. As in get Monroe the ball. Right. That's what they mean. As in let me borrow some. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's hilarious. As in... Um, that's what I need. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, May 11th is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y. And hey, did you know that Illinois now has an average monthly revenue of over $100 million from recreational cannabis sales? As of 2022, Chicago hosts an impressive 44 cannabis dispensaries. The Windy City is the perfect place for the Illinois Cannabis Convention. It's June 10th through the 11th, and it's brought to you by NECAN. The convention will be the largest gathering of the existing local medical cannabis industry and those getting into the new adult use recreational market. The convention will showcase more than 100 companies, brands, and product lines. There's also four full programming tracks running each day 
for medical, business, cultivation, and social uh, social justice, featuring dozens of expert speakers with practical knowledge and advice for attendees of all levels of experience. All are welcome. Just go to NECAN.com slash Illinois, N-E-C-A-N-N.com slash Illinois for information and to register. It is Wednesday, May 11th, and this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. And now your host, no one has ever called him money. <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Uh, hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Kenny D Wednesday, and here's why. Uh, sorry, dude, that made me laugh, man. Nobody's ever, people, no one's ever called me money, but people have called me for money. Uh, dad. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, anyway, uh, Kenny D in that sentence is of course, a dear friend of this show, uh, young Ken Davis, Kenneth Davis, uh, who is a legend in my humble opinion. In fact, I, I just thought of this. I'm looking at Monroe Anderson, who's uh, my guest every Wednesday on the Ben Jarofsky show. I thought, you know what, if they were to redo the rat pack, it would be me. Monroe, Kenny Davis, and Richard Steele. What a rat pack that would be, ladies and gentlemen. They make movies. I'd be like, I, I would like to say I'm the uh, Joey Bishop member of that group. because <laughs> That's probably most in common with the original. Anyway, Kenneth Davis, uh, I give him credit uh, for creating WBEZ, the prototype, uh, and that has since become this huge operation, media operation in the city of Chicago. So, much love for WBEZ, even though they always throw Dennis's uh, resumes into the uh, wastebasket. But uh, much love to WBEZ. But I always like to say that Ken Davis was the one who created. So BEZ, if you're honest to your roots, you would put at least a plaque. I asked for a, like a, a statue, you know, like the Bulls have Michael Jordan in their lobby, a statue of Jordan. At least a plaque. Young Kenneth Davis created that model. Uh, and he comes on the show from time to time. He wrote me. The sweetest email yesterday uh, in regards to our show, how much he loved the show. We had Carlos Ramirez Rosa on talking about the ward map, Alderman uh, Ramirez Rosa. And then Dave Glowatz came on and took the deep dive in the city council. So uh, uh, Ken wrote me a really sweet email that actually had a little tear or two in my eye. Yeah, oh me. Uh, then at the end, he made an allusion uh, to some comments at the end of yesterday's show. And I just want to uh, read these comments. And first, I'm going to back up and give you a little explanation of what they're rooted in. So at the end of the show, Dave Glowatz, Inside Chicago Government, who comes on once a month at Ben Dropsy's show to give uh, re reviews of the latest city council meetings. Excellent segment, in my humble opinion. Made a reference to uh, Ken Davis's opposition uh, to red light cameras, and I, I completely forgot that Ken had a position on red light cameras. So uh, I essentially responded to Dave Glowatz's uh, assertion by saying "habita habita habita," uh, which is generally what I say when I don't know <laughs> what to say. Uh, so anyway, uh, I did not know what Ken Davis's position on red lights cameras were. Uh, he dutifully weighed in. Ken Davis did with this wonderful email. I will not read the opening part of the email uh, with, with its glowing praise of our show, other than say, thank you, Kenny D. Really meant a lot to me coming from you, a legend in Chicago radio. Uh, but I want to close with his position, his official position on red light cameras. So here we go. Quote, here's Kenneth. This is in the words of Ken Davis. 
uh, Dennis, should I do it in my Ken Davis imitation? Should I do it in my Ken Davis voice? Yeah, maybe not. Uh, no, no. Yeah. How about my Obama voice? Uh, yes, I uh, pounded uh, the Chicago news. No, not I'm trying to think Obama. of which voices. Uh, no. Uh, how about uh, Mike Flannery? Well, of course, the campaign's not over. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Flannery, that is hilarious. Thank you for uh, keeping uh, these politicians uh, on their toes. All right, here we go. I will just do it uh, with my straight-up Ben Jarofsky voice. Here we go. And this is Ken Davis. Yes, I pounded the Chicago newsroom table about Rom's red-light cameras. I was incensed by the sanctimonious claim that he was doing it for the children. Today, though, after getting a few of those tickets, I think I have a less strident view. Look. We all know the cameras are there, and we know when we're near one. I haven't received a tick for a long time, mainly because I learned to live with them. So now I see them for what they are, a source of revenue for the city that takes advantage of people's sloth. You got to be tough to live in Chicago, right? What do you think this is, Portland? (laughs) Uh, I'm with you, Ken, 100%. In uh, just still sh- uh, shuddering over the sanctimonious spiel of Rahm Emanuel Monroe. Come on, you! I I know you agree with me on this one. Like when we act like he was installing the red light cameras because he wanted to protect the children of Chicago from speeding drivers. When in fact his own what convoy was notorious for blowing through red lights, speed cameras. You know what I'm saying? He's trying uh, to be on time. Yeah, try to be on time. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be on time. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, it was sanctimonious. And, yeah, it was BS. Uh, and, yeah, it was hard to take, especially when Rom had that little sanctimonious voice of his. Like, he would pretend like he was really concerned about <laughs> kind of miss Rombo in a weird way these days. Anyway, neither here nor there. The, um, the truth is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I kind of miss Rom. <laughs> That's been known to happen to me. It's the Stockholm Syndrome. Monroe, it happened to me with Mayor Daly. <laughs> is it true that you're learning Japanese so you can go visit him? <laughs> Rom hasn't learned Japanese either. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's now the ambassador to Japan, ladies and gentlemen, ambassador to Japan. Anyway, so his sanctimoniousness was nauseating. It is true. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't know. I My attitude about the speed light camera, it was a way. Uh, it is uh, obviously a very aggressive form of taxation. You, when you uh, pose fines on people that hit all people the same, no matter how much wealth they have. Yes, obviously it's very regressive. And I think a city that relies on regressive forms of raising money is going to be ultimately in a lot of trouble, which is why I have not a lot of hope uh, for the benefits of a Chicago casino. And uh, cause who, who does that soak Monroe, but the suckers who show up who can least afford to lose their money. Uh, so yes, all that is true. On the other hand, I don't know, you know, it's just like, if I had a list the 10 things that annoy me the most about Chicago, I don't know if red light cameras would crack the top you, 10. You, Your you thoughts. Need Mark, you need Mark Wallace on. This yes. Show. Yeah. Because let's bring him back, uh, next week. I love Mark Wallace and he'll, he will take issue with me. He'll rip me to shreds on this. Tell me how, uh, the red light cameras are horrible. So yeah, let's bring him back for another, uh, point of view. All right. 
uh, Monroe. We got our second segment. I'm really happy about this. We're going to have a a good friend of mine, Benji Hall. uh, Listeners of the show know him as Benji the Bookie. When he comes on the show to talk bulls, talk basketball, uh, and he always says he's not a bookie, even though uh, (laughs) he sure does a lot of gambling. Uh, But we're not going to do that. He was um, very generous to the show he downloaded donald trump's social media platform i think it's called truth which is such a joke uh and he's actually monroe been testing it out for the show and i thought it'd be great to bring him on with you uh and ask him about uh, the truthfulness of donald trump's truth platform particularly since i mean elon musk i don't know if you saw this monroe just announced that if he does take control of twitter He'll bring Trump back. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yeah, I saw it, and I was shocked. I tell you, shocked. <laughs> Obviously, you're being facetious now. You you weren't really shocked. You just see Carson Casablanca, uh, uh, right? Yes. Uh, he was shocked at the gambling. There's yes. Gambling no, I know. Oh, and lock uh, round up the usual suspects. Yes. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> No, I uh, when I saw that, I, I, this is not what I want to talk about. But when I saw that, my my first instinct, my first skeptical Chicago journalist instinct was, oh, the deal's falling apart. So now Musk is pandering to MAGA. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, that deal, ladies and gentlemen, is contingent on trading Tesla stock, um, using Tesla stock to pay an exorbitant amount of money for Twitter, which isn't worth the money they're paying for. So they're overpaying it with, with stock that's overvalued. Well, Tesla stock has been falling. So as Tesla stock falls, he is responsible to put more and more shares up. Uh, Monroe, I think at some point it's just not going to work. That's a very strong possibility and the deal will fall apart. So we'll be left with the pandering, the MAGA part of it. Go ahead. Well, my, my thinking on this is quite simple. Never trust a white man from South Africa. <laughs> I'm done with it. That's it. I thought I didn't. I, <laughs> I can't even get the words out. I didn't realize you were going to say the from South Africa part about it. I just thought you were going to say never trust a white man. And, uh, <laughs> but thank you for excluding some of us. From- right, yes. Some of my best friends are white men. <laughs> yes, that is true. And, and some but of them, them are him- far from South Africa. <laughs> Some of them, some of those uh, white best friends of his owe him lunch. I'm trying to think, I'm thinking of one in particular. Uh, don't worry, you'll get it. All right, uh, all right, Monroe. Uh, this is this falls in the category of oh happy day about freaking time. I'll show you the headline. Uh, the, the viewers can't see, but you can. This is from uh, today's Chicago Tribune, and that's the headline on an AP story. Uh, Biden elevates ultra MAGA taunt. And ladies and gentlemen, Monroe Anderson uh, and David Ferris, for that matter, uh, guests, regular guests on my show, have been telling Biden to do this for ages. And that is go strong. Stop being such a wuss. There is no such thing as bipartisanship. The greatest asset you have is the bet bleep craziness i don't know if this is the show that gets going to get dropped on to uh the radio so i i held back but that craziness of maga they have out of their minds uh trump uh trump's forces are monroe and so biden hit him hard yesterday in a speech 
where he talked about MAGA Republicans are counting on you to be frustrated by the pace of progress, which they've done everything they can to slow down, uh, that you will hand power over to them so they can enact their extreme agenda. Monroe, finally, finally, Biden seems to be listening to people like you and David Ferris. Uh, do you what's your thoughts about Biden's it's like change? Will it last? Is it enough? Take it away. Biden, with his longtime senatorial background, is by nature someone who tries to reach some sort of compromise. You know, you, you give a little, you get a little, little. He brought that into his presidency. And he actually thought that because he had been a senator and he had these relationships uh, with senators, for example, uh, Biden and Grant and, and Lindsey Graham were really good friends. And so he thought that that would bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. Oh, was he nice? <laughs> <laughs> so after being slapped around and disappointed, for a year, one day a light bulb and his head went off. And it was like, these are some real MS. <laughs> and so then he very carefully removed his linen, white linen gloves, <laughs> and put on some black leather gloves. And now he's going to start knocking them around. And I think that will last. At least, it definitely, definitely will last through the primaries. I mean, the mid, yeah, the midterms and primaries and then the midterms. Um, it will probably last until 24 if he hadn't beaten them into shape by then. But no, we're in for a fight. Well, I could uh, recite a long list of insanity from MAGA. Yes. Uh, and um, starting with the January 6th insurrection. Uh, and I'm and I'm talking about MAGA insanity during the uh, Biden era. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because I was going to say you, you yes. just started with Trump's election. Yes. <laughs> you're absolutely. You want yes. to do that? Yeah. So you're absolutely correct. Uh, they have been insane from the get go. Uh, they've shown no intention whatsoever of having anything remotely resembling a legitimate discussion or debate on any topic. Everything they do is pandering to the most insane parts of their base. Uh, the Marjorie Taylor green crowd. I do not know. I do not know how you can have any kind of rational discussion with them. Uh, so I could go on a whole list, but Monroe, the latest, uh, and this is the one where I think Democrats should not, not retreat, not look for bipartisanship. The latest has to do with the Republican efforts to uh, overturn Roe v. Wade, make bor- abortion illegal. And then, as you pointed out, the next step, make contraceptives illegal. I, th- I think it's time the Democrats really step up and start up wimping around on this stuff. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, they're, they're going to have a vote in the Senate within, within hours, maybe minutes now, on that. And the only reason they're doing it is so they can name names and collect dues. And that the Republicans who vote against Roe uh, will be um, fodder for the um, general election. 
because uh, it, 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 well over half of the Americans want to keep Roe. Ro. They um, they're in favor of choice. Somebody said we should use the words abortion, get away from that choice and free life stuff, and just call it like it is. Well, I'm I'm actually uh, weighing on that, and I feel, oh my goodness, I can go on and on about this topic. We talked about it a lot last week. Uh, We'll be talking about it a lot in the upcoming weeks, but um, just the way the Democrats have retreated on the issue and just to try to avoid the actual operation of an abortion uh, shows that Republicans have been successful in tainting this as though it's something the Democrats should be ashamed of. And uh, that's a huge advantage right there for the Republican Party, Monroe. If if the Democratic Party is ashamed, essentially, or acting like they're ashamed of the policies that they're endorsing, it's really hard to give a full-throated endorsement of those policies. Don't you agree? Yes. And what the Democrats should be doing over and over and over again, this point is, is saying that Republicans are not for children, therefore sperm, basically fertilized eggs. Because once once the once the child the the, the embryo becomes a, a, a child is born, then they have no interest whatsoever. Yeah. They could care less. Unless it's a white child, then they care a little bit. But other than that, they don't care. And and so we the Democrats just ought to just Tell it like it is. Call it like it is, and repeat it like it is. Yeah. I. Uh, by the way, the we'll get into uh, what you meant by the white child reference. Uh, but first, I want to go back to something you said earlier, and I made a point uh, just to take a brief exception with you. Uh, you okay. said the only reason uh, the Democrats are advancing uh, that legislation uh, in the Senate right now, which has already passed the House, by the way, that which codify abortion as a, a, a right uh, nationwide. Uh, you said the only reason they were going to do it is because they want to embarrass Republicans in the upcoming uh, uh, midterms. I would right. say that I would hope I know this is going to sound so naive that Monroe will start laughing at me. Uh, I would say, I would hope that they're also doing it with the notion that this is very important legislation for the good of the country, particularly the good of women in our country and the good of children in our country uh, to pass anyway. And that if the Republicans, they can't get enough Republicans to pass it, uh, then they move to phase two, which to use that as a campaign uh, tactic, because Republicans, when we were in, uh, coming of age in the 70s and the 80s, there were Republicans who were pro-choice. Right. And Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski have been playing that game that they are still pro-choice. Right. Uh, and so I'm hoping, I know you're going to laugh at this, that Susan Collins will vote for it. You know, I mean, voters in Maine reelected her in part because she assured them that she was never going to abandon. No, she's already like basically saying she can't vote for it. And I've forgotten the reason, some lame reason (laughs) that she has, you know, it's uh, and I I forget what it, it was because it was so B.S. 
that it, it didn't even stick with me because it was obvious that was not real. That she was going to stick with the Republicans. She's a Republican, and she's going to stay a Republican. Yeah, well, uh, I, you know that 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 election in 2020 as one that is still haunting our country in many ways. That's where Susan Collins was reelected, and whatever lame reason she comes up with now, Monroe, she was nowhere near that reason in 2020, where she was assuring Maine voters that a vote for her was a vote for choice, uh, and. I oh, know, yeah. and you know, and 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 she also confirmed um, Kavanaugh. Yeah, oh my God! Yeah. And the thing is, because she she believed him, and so now she's supposed to be upset because he lied to her. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, that was, that's a political upset, not a real upset. It's like, before we get into the your reference to uh, oh, uh, quote unquote white babies. Uh, I know you must be taking delight in the uh, the way this is playing out in in the Illinois election. Again, Richard Irvin, uh, the mayor of uh, Aurora, who is ahead in the polls for the Republican uh, gubernatorial primary, been fortified with over forty million dollars uh, in campaign contributions from Ken Griffin, the richest man in the state, Kenny G, uh, and he has been carefully. Uh, positioned by Kenny G, selected by Kenny G uh, as a quote unquote, and I have this in quotes, moderate Republican who could win over suburban swing voters. Man, he is ducking and dodging uh, Monroe on the issue of reproductive rights. You know, uh, will he join MAGA in trying to take away abortion rights if elected governor? Would he help advance their bills? Uh, and so, I have to say, the only, I don't know what the word is, the only delight I get out of where we are right now is um, watching guys like him have to squirm on this issue, and it's really um, reprehensible that he won't take a strong stand. You know, if you believe in the reproductive rights, then take a freaking stand let the chips fall where they may. Take control of your party, but obviously can't get elected uh, if from MAGA if, unless he toes the line. Uh, do you think he'll be successful, Monroe, in winning the Republican nomination, even though he's uh, sort of dodging? Uh, you know, we'll have to, have to see because uh, Sullivan is coming at him pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with this, because he's not right wing enough as far as Sullivan is concerned, and so they're they're having a really not a really good knockdown drag out uh, in in TV ads right now, which yeah. which I find interesting. Um, uh, J- JB doesn't have to do anything but sit and watch, have some popcorn and share. <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh>. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before uh, we bring on a distinguished guest, uh, Benji Hall, uh, to uh, report on his extensive reporting uh, that he has done for the Ben Jarofsky Show uh, to Donald Trump's social media uh, network or platform. And thank you, Benji, very much for that. Somebody had to do it, and he was drafted to do it. Uh, Before we bring him on, uh, Monroe, uh, just explain what you were getting at when you said white babies. You made that reference to white babies. It's an interesting theory that Monroe has. He shared it with me before he went on the air and promised to talk about it on the air. So take it away, Monroe. Okay. Um, There is a theory out there, which I find very fascinating and and very probable, (laughs) that um, the whole anti 
abortion movement that's going on with conservatives, particularly white Christians, white Christian church, is um, that they want more white women to have children so that America will remain white. Because Hispanics are having lots of babies, um, and blacks are having enough babies. But successful middle-class millennials are not having enough children to to keep uh, to to keep it up. And and so um, the, the theory is that this is their way of making sure that America. Um, is great again, i.e. white again. Yeah, that is a... uh uh, it's funny that Monroe mentioned that to me today because I've been, I just finished reading a book, a novel. I talked a lot about it in the show. I urge everybody, if you read fiction, uh, to read it. Great writer, Jennifer Hay, H A I G H. It's called Mercy Street. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a novel about the, the fight over reproductive rights. Uh, and one of the characters is a militant, uh, anti abortion activist. An activist is probably giving him too much credit, but he's utterly obsessed, Monroe, with, um, the number of white babies being born uh, in comparison to non-white babies. And this drives him. Uh, and he, his character rants and rails about this a lot in the book. And when you said that to me today, oh my God, like that's straight out of Mercy Street. Uh, and um, so I urge everybody to read the book. And maybe there's, that's part of the demented motivation uh, that's driving that movement. All right, uh, without further ado, let's bring on the distinguished uh, Benji Hall. Uh, who frequently comes in the show when and uh, as Benji the bookie, uh, though he's not a bookie, um, no. <laughs> uh, he knows sure knows a lot about uh, how to bet in a basketball game. I got to tell you that, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, for a guy who's not a bookie, uh, and uh, so he's here to talk politics and uh, Trump social media, not to talk sports and basketball. So I'm going to really restrain myself from asking him any basketball-related questions, particularly considering we spent, Monroe, at least 20 minutes in a basketball-related conversation in our pre-show meeting, which was to talk about what we're going to talk about today, and we talked about the playoffs. But I will. I have to do this. All right, Benji, first of all, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. And uh just to let you know, I don't set the lines, but I profit from the lines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's some chest thumping going on there. All right. Uh, so uh, I did not prepare you for this, and I have you on. Uh, I could see you, so you can't cheat. So here's a trivia question for you, and it's a Monroe Anderson-related trivia question. Mm. Monroe Anderson, as I say many times, is the pride and joy of Gary, Indiana. Uh, as such, he was a cr- proud graduate of Roosevelt High School in Gary, Indiana. Your challenge, young Benji, is to name the greatest basketball player to come out of Roosevelt, Monroe Anderson's alma mater. Go ahead. I have no idea. Sean Penn. <laughs> I get, I'll tell you somebody else who has no idea. Monroe. Uh, <laughs> there was, there's two candidates. I would, there's Dick Barnett, who played way before your time, Benji, mm, maybe Barnett, Monroe yeah. remembers him from the New York Knicks. And of course, uh, the great big dog, Glenn Robinson, who graduated, mm, okay. I want to say, in the late 80s or early 90s. So anyway, there you go. 
basketball trivia on the Ben Drowski show. All right. Actually, I knew about Glenn Robinson, but I couldn't remember his name. Oh, there you go. Okay. okay. I'll give it to you. <laughs> you know, Did you know about Dick Barnett, who graduated like four years before you? I knew no. about it. I knew about him 40 years ago. <laughs> no, no. You know what I thought I was going to say? I knew his sister. Right. No, 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 no. Ben, <laughs> this is a true story. When you talk to people from Gary, I got yeah. another dear friend, Milo. Hey, what happened to Milo? They're both from Gary. They're roughly the same age. When you start talking to him about, it's like everybody knows everyone. Oh, I knew his cousin. Oh, yeah. I used to date his sister. And, uh, what was the name of those girls that you and Milo both had a crush on Monroe? I can't remember their names right now, but there were these two women from uh, Gary. That, uh, anyway. Uh, all right. Yeah, Benji, uh, I forgot. <laughs> right. but, but, but speaking of that, Jackie Jackson was in the eighth grade with my sister and uh-huh. he hit on her, but she was, because she was in the eighth grade, she wasn't interested. Yes. <laughs> Jackie Jackson. Of the Jackson she's still Bible. upset about it. Uh, that's Monroe Anderson's favorite member of the Jackson five, Jackie Jackson. I'm more of a Tito guy myself. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, Benji. So I gave you the assignment, uh, as, um, and you very, uh, graciously accepted the assignment to do what's, what nobody else wanted to do, which is to download, uh, into your phone, Trump's social media platform truth which is such a joke that he calls it truth so let's just start with some basic assessment of it uh having used it or i don't guess that's the right word for at least a couple weeks now uh how how effective is it as a just a an app does it like always work uh is it strong does it crap out on you that kind of stuff so before we get into dr strange multitude of madness or whatever the heck it's called uh because that's probably a good title for the app more than anything. Um, I wanted to comment on Monroe's baby, white baby theory, which I think is very spot on the money. Um, but I'm surprised the right hasn't come up with the real solution, which is much easier and just convert everyone to Mormons <laughs> because then, you know, you solve it without having to piss off the liberals. But anyway, I'm moving on to truth. Uh, so you can see it's like I'm indoctrinating my mind already. It's like warped. It's like I got a truth tumor in my head now after like only a, less than a week of this thing. Um, uh, as far as the app stability, um, it's 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 such a direct ripoff of Twitter. It's beyond comical. I mean, down to like instead of a hashtag, they use the at sign. Um, the icons are the same. I mean, it's just blatant, blatant ripoff. Like uh, China's jealous that they didn't think of this first. They probably already have their own ripoff version. But uh, it's you mean, just. You mean a ripoff like Trump wine and Trump steaks? Well, everything else. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's Trump it's monopoly. just a lesser version of what was good, and uh, to put his name on it, and then it'll you know flame out like everything else. But. Uh, so that in a way is just beyond comical. Um, I, I did, I do find it, uh, I, I find Twitter hard to use actually. So I also find this hard to use. So I don't know if it's necessarily a user error on this case or the interface. They just didn't copy. They didn't improve on anything. That's for sure. But when you uh, say you find Twitter hard to use, what do you mean by that? Well, like, you know, like navigating threads and like trying to like, you know, like figure out exactly where to respond or link if you wanted to go uh, off on a tangent or, you know, or follow a thread. Like, and this one is really hard to like, once you 
post a comment to a thread, if someone then comments to your comment, I can't see like the chain of the threads. So that makes it really hard to read. Like, I don't even know what they were commenting about now. Right. You know, you don't see the, the, the chain of the conversation. So that's a design flaw right there. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's good. Yeah, no, I'm just, uh, uh, they really did this thing on the cheap. Uh, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> Trump, Monroe's right. Yeah. Trump stakes. Apparently it had a tremendous amount of bugs that they're fixing, but I, it hasn't crashed on me or anything like that. I mean, I'm not using it every day or anything. I'm not stress testing it by any stretch of the imagination. And, I, you know, I don't, the, the funny thing is, is that, uh, I, I don't think, uh, it's being used very much. <laughs> you don't think uh, it's being used much? Are there, are there any liberal tweets uh, on it or anti-Trump tweets, anything like that? There, there are a couple, you know, there's people that are like clearly interested in thinking they can convert people still, uh, or just having fun like me. Um, I started out trying to uh, be uh, posed as a libertarian to just see if I could get some strange dialogue going in that way. But it, uh, there's a, so I, my, my handle is I am John Galt. I thought that would resonate. Um, <laughs> nobody, uh, no, and I've you know, posted stuff like, yeah, I totally agree with that. Or like write some, you know, the one, only one comment that like the conservatives have, uh, agreed with me on was when I was using uh, sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> there's only like five topics they talk about. I haven't written down here. Um, uh, inflation. Uh, baby food is a huge one right now. Uh, yeah. There's a baby formula around. Uh, how popular the app is. I'll get to that in a second. Oh, uh, abortion, of course. And I'll get to that in a second. And then giving money to Ukraine. And so, you know, they're like just bent out of shape about $40 million going to Ukraine. Oh my God. You know? And so I wrote, don't worry. It'll, it, it, it'll end up in defense contracts and come back into our economy real quick. And everybody was like, yeah, totally agree with that. <laughs> like it's a positive thing. Right. <laughs> so that's kind of funny, but, uh, I, st- uh, I, I stopped doing the kind of, uh, you know, pretending I was one of them mode, because uh, it wasn't, it was, it was useless. It's just everybody preaching the same message and just trying to be out with each other with a, with a visual or a, a random set of words that, you know, are the same thing said a different way. Um, you know, who can be more clever, blah, blah, blah. So there's, there's no intellectual dialogue at all. So it was way more fun to, to, you know, to be myself, I guess, really. Uh, just quickly before we uh, take the deep dive, uh, uh, John Galt is the lead character. I think the book is called Atlas Shrugged. Uh, yeah, I must is. confess, I could not get past like the first 50 pages, uh, Benji, but it's it's like it's a, a Bible. Uh, it's a dystopian Bible. Yeah, uh, and I tried to read it in junior high, and, and I couldn't yeah. because, because it had been so hyped. I thought it would be a good book. Junior yeah. high? Yeah, you trying to read it. it? You are really precocious if you were trying to read that book in junior high, Monroe. Junior high? Well, I was going to be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, the last book you would read if you want to learn how to be a writer because yeah, she's a lousy right. writer. Right. Uh, right. And Rand, who uh, is the author of the book. Uh, like a- I don't know if I disagree with that. I mean, as far as like probably technique, yeah, but she, she clearly has a way of uh, – 
writing an engaging story that captivates people. Otherwise, you wouldn't be known. Well, I would. Okay, now we're on an Ann Randa. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure I want to go down this path, uh, (laughs) but I will just say this, that I believe she gives people exactly what they want and fortifies their sense of uh, worthiness and how entitled they are to have enormous amounts of wealth while other people are. Uh, really struggling and that's what makes her so popular as opposed to being a brilliant uh, writer like I just gave it a, a shout out to Jennifer Hay who wrote a book Mercy Street I can't mm-hmm. recommend it enough she's a great writer like her sentences like almost poetry they flow mm-hmm. into each other and so anyway all right neither here nor there I didn't mean I just wanted to tell people who John yeah. Galt was and how appropriate it was that Benji adopted him by the way in your Benji's real life job is in computers Benji, I'm not naming names, mm. but we know a lot of people in the computer game in Mutual. Yes. And I'm just not going to name names. You'd be surprised how many of these computer geeks love Ayn Rand. I'm like, are you fucking mm-hmm. real? <laughs> you? No, there's, there's a, it's, it's weird. I mean, I, I enjoyed the books when I first read them until like I had to open my eyes about it. Yeah. Um, because she does sell the dream without talking about the reality behind yeah. it. Without the cost. Yeah, exactly. And that's, so it's easy to get caught up in, you know, because it's just such a one-sided book without any kind of argument. All right. So let you, you gave some general categories that are trending on Trump media and let's just take it from the top inflation. So what is Trump media broadcasting about? Can I I say real quick on uh, the, before we get into the topics, so one of the things that's like the number one selling point of this thing supposedly is that, oh, it's this open area where, you know, we're not going to have censorship, right? And, oh, the censorship of the poor right. Ah. And uh, um, so, of course, I read uh, most of the bylaws or whatever they have, the policies. And uh, sure enough, you can, you can report users. You can report content. Uh, they have to abide by uh, laws, you know, so there's a whole thing about, uh, you know, threatening people or that. So I reported a person who told me to drop dead. Um, I don't know if they'll get kicked off. Probably not. Right. Uh, and I also reported Donald Trump because uh, there's a sexual, especially when it relates to uh, child pornography. And uh, he had, he had uh, truthed, I'm going to say tweeted, he truthed uh, uh, a picture of Biden and someone else in a swimming pool with a baby because uh, it was the message is how they're missing formula, right? Baby formula. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, knowing what he thinks about Biden and as a child pedophile, that is child pornography. So I reported that. Um, yeah, so it, it's the same thing as any business. They have to abide by laws and policies and they're going to censor people when they see fit to do it. So that's just absolutely a bunch of baloney. So do they have that, um, that cautionary language uh, I- I- that you just alluded to in there because uh, they're trying to abide by federal law? Or are they giving themselves cover when they kick people off? There's probably going to be lawsuits and yeah, I'm sure there's legal reasons. I mean, they even have a whole section of like privacy and how they'll have to abide by, you know, uh, any kind of, uh, you know, legal, uh, demand for data. Um, they'll have to provide it under the law. And so it's no different than any other corporate. They're trying to go IPO. This is all money grab, right? This is not about 
you know, free speech. This is a total Trump deflection again of he's just trying to make money off his pawns, his little army of, you know. Well, they, well wasn't he looking for a place to, to, to where he could spout off and tell lies? Yeah, I mean, Doesn't but, you know, the, the platform is the platform is so small that, I mean, yeah, if it, I guess if it for some reason became the equal of a Twitter uh, or something, you know, even like slightly less than it, then, then I guess there's value in that, but I don't think it'll ever be that. I, I think it's just a money grab again. Well, uh, well, we get into how he can make money off of this uh, in a little while, but let's go back to those uh, topics yeah. uh, and f- forget inflation for the moment. Yeah. Baby formula, you've now alluded to it twice. So yeah. uh, I must confess I'm, I'm ignorant about the attractiveness of baby formula as a, a topic. I apologize. I don't watch a Apparently lot. Of there's Fox. a shortage. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, yeah, there's a shortage and it's Biden's fault. Yeah, it's a Biden's fault. Yeah. He, he, his manufacturing plant of baby formula is not running at capacity. Uh, he's sending all the money to pay for the workers to, 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 to make the plant bigger to fund Ukraine, who is, you know, why would we want to do that? So wait a minute. They tie a yes. shortage in baby formula to giving too much money to Ukraine? Oh, of course. Do you not see the logic? <laughs> it's eluding me at the moment, Benji, but I'm sure you know, I... it's one of the more logical uh, connections I make, actually. So what is the connection again? Just help me out here. Well, it's that Biden's distracted uh, and wasting time on Ukraine and abortion or whatever, you know, and he's, he's not an in inflation. He's not taking care of anything. And meanwhile, babies are starving. I see. So there's no direct correlation between. Well, in their minds. Okay. Um, So, all right. And so I suppose also just uh, talking about how cruel uh, Biden is uh, to babies by virtue of not doing enough uh, to deal with the shortage of baby formula, somehow or other, it stirs up QAnon with their notion of child abuse. Well, there's a there's definitely an unspoken connection between babies and Biden. Again, they love to do that. Babies and Biden. So let's talk about this as a conveyor of uh, or purveyor, if you will, to use the alliteration of propaganda. Is it effective? I mean, if you're part of the cult, sure. It's it's right. like you just you're just feeding red meat to the same people. They they don't they they. It's just. It, it's crazy, right? I mean, but there's no, there's no debate. Um, one guy, uh, I don't know, I, wrote, I don't remember what I wrote. Doesn't matter. He wrote back to me, basically saying that uh, I was uninformed and should probably read more. And then I wrote back to him and I said, "Well, that's interesting that you point out that just because I have a differing opinion of you that I am unintelligent when all the data suggests." from any kind of correlation between intelligence and success in life and education that those people are predominantly liberal. Doesn't that really indicate to you that maybe you should read more (laughs) now? But will, will that spark a dialogue? No, I'll get blocked. Right. So wait, time out. So you wrote that. Did he respond to that? Did he respond? He he might respond once, but like, you know, what's he going to say? There's too much logic in that. Yeah. you're, you're starting to remind me of Monroe. Uh, Monroe really enjoys sparring on Facebook with uh, MAGA types. Uh, and uh, mostly they retreat, right, Monroe? I mean, they, they kind of quit after a while. They, 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 they re- retreat or they just drop it. You know, it, it, 
Yeah. Because what I when I spar with them, I I present an article from a legitimate news operation. Yeah. Right. To to counter whatever point they're making, and their response to it is, oh. A, B, C. <laughs> yeah, the talking points they've been told, which they exactly. don't understand. Oh, oh A, B, C, you know, uh, C, N, N, you know. Yeah. yeah. A fun game for that is that you say, okay, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm here's my response. And, oh, by the way, I know here's the, your next three things. So I'm just going to, like, attack them right now because I know this is your talking points. You don't have a, your own independent thought. That's how it's fun to do. But, right. uh to your point, Benny, I, I actually don't enjoy this. I'm doing it just for the show. It's, uh, I feel like part of my soul is dying every time <laughs> I participate in this nonsense um, because I know it's not effective. I mean, if, if for some reason I could convert one person, it might be worth it, but I don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to convert anybody. Uh, no. And thank you very much for doing Nobody else would do this bad. But I've asked several people to do this, and a lot of them were just afraid that somehow or other by uh, putting the app in their phone – Trump yeah. would be able to like read their emails and stuff. I mean, I mean, if he's elected president, I'm probably in Guantanamo. But other than that, I'm not worried. <laughs> well, if you're in Guantanamo, you'll That's be in the cell next right. to me in Monroe. That's for sure, because yeah. we've been doing this since 2017. <laughs> We're all on the list. Uh, you're on the list. All right. So in fact, let me let me tell you this bit real quickly. Yeah. After he lost the election. And I, I, I quit dealing with my right-wingers for the most part. Not completely, but for the most part. Because I, I told him, I said, um, I alone defeated Trump. My work is done. <laughs> I don't have to do this. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. They did not find that funny. No, I, no, I think it's awesome. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, and, and, and then, but since then, because I've not been around, they, they name-checked me. They'll say something stupid and then put my name directly into it to try and get me to come. You know, sometimes they're right. Oh, where? Oh, where is Monroe? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, uh, Benji, you mentioned that uh, inflation is another one of their uh, uh, topics of choice. So what's the party line uh, coming out uh, about inflation uh, on uh, Trump media? Well, it's just, you know, it's all Biden's, it's all Biden and the Democrats fault. It's, it, you know, it's the classic every time a Republican's in office or a Democrat's in office, the, you know, the, the, they, they turn off the, 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 the flow of money into the economy, uh, whether it's tax cuts or, you know, any kind of surplus that's been happening behind the scenes since COVID and, uh, you know, inflation is the, the natural thing when that happens uh, coming out of this stuff. With those, and so they, they, you know, it's just a blame thing. They don't, they don't understand what inflation means or who's in charge. of It's like gas prices, the same thing, right? Like any president where a gas price goes up is blamed like the pres, like a president or any of Congress sets a gas price ever. Right. And so it's, it's, it's just some goofy correlation that society has been allowed to have. And, you know, the media, the, you know, the news media, they don't do anything to dissuade this ever. So. I actually agree with you on this point. And that's, uh, I've been, uh, I've been around uh, longer than Benji. He's a younger guy than me, but I just remember the inflation fights going back to, uh, the Nixon years. Uh, and, um, (laughs) uh, and the way it's presented, uh, to the public, 
uh, and the, the politicalization of it and how parties scramble uh, to try to get to blame the other. Uh, and you're absolutely correct. It's inflation has existed in the Nixon years, in the Ford years, in the Carter years. Uh, and then finally, it went down during the Reagan years at the tail end of the Carter years because of policies implemented by Paul Volcker, uh, which were very devastating to the economy. So right. you're right. It's it's a political tool. Um, all right. You mentioned and I'm looking at the clock because I know you got to go somewhere. I, I'm going to delay it. I, I'm going to get an extra 15 minutes. to. All right. Well, I really need to hear it. about uh, trolling. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you mentioned. Um, uh, well, wait, before we get into that, if you got an extra 15 minutes, I want to know what their line is on Ukraine. What's their line about Ukraine? <laughs> well, it gets into Tulsi. Uh, because she's the one that's really harping on it, but you know, they all are. Um, they're just a gas that we would spend. I mean, it's so fascinating how pro Russia this whole thing is. And I call it out every chance I get, this is my favorite thing to do. Um, Tulsi just had a thing that's like, you know, basically, uh, it seems like Biden's leading us down to nuclear Armageddon with Russia. And I, and I wrote back, I go, how interesting you're saying that Russia's not leading us down to nuclear Armageddon. Uh, I guess the paycheck they're giving you is working. You know, the things like that. I love doing that, but it's, it's so true. Like what do you, why, why, what's this? It's, it's really kind of creepy how pro Russian all this is and how the right has really gotten to be really pro Russian. Yeah. And I tell them they're playing on the wrong team. Yeah. I mean, even to the point where a guy commented and he said, democracy is evil. I'm like, whoa, well, you know, there's a lot of good countries you can move to. Somebody wrote that on Trump's uh, yeah. on truth. Well, they're Someone truth that. <laughs> well, they think of democracy as, you know, liberals and voting. They don't want that. I mean, do they, by the way, is it, they understand the rights motive. Uh, by the way, so do uh, is the uh, the quote unquote election fraud of 2020 still a uh, trending topic there? Yeah, they try to keep it alive, but it, it hasn't really been, you know, it's kind of like beating a dead horse a little bit. But I mean, you get them going on that, that it's, you know, yeah, well, it excites the base there, of course, always. Well, Monroe has a theory. Monroe, I should let you articulate this theory uh, that. Putin has something on Trump. Uh, and that explains Trump's deference to him. Sure. Uh, and then my sense of MAGA is that MAGA just falls in line with whatever Trump's saying. That's right. And so if he is showing deference to Putin, they'll show deference to Putin. Uh, it's because they just, whatever, they follow his lead, right. no matter where it goes. Yeah. Uh, that's my sense of things. No, it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty gross. Um, yeah, and, and my theory is that um, Putin has P tapes. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. He also, uh, I mean, he was the, only, the Russians were the only ones to lend money to Trump when he really needed it, and you know, Lord knows what kind of blood oath he had to sign at that point to get. Well, you know, the Saudis also. And the Saudis, hey, well, he's he's yeah. beholden to them too. Right, he's exactly. not the only one. Exactly. Yeah, and you can you can point to a lot of Dems in that camp too. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's uh, talk a little about your trolling. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. That's some fun. So stuff. who have you trolled? 
and uh, talk yeah. a little bit about that. Go so for, before we get into trolling real quick, I just want to read this. I think you're going to get a kick out of this. This is from the truth download, like the description of the app, right? Follow the truth. The whole thing is they're trying to show that they're a big tent. This is just comedy to me. Think of a giant outdoor event tent at your best friend's wedding. Who's there? The combination of multiple families from all over the U.S. and the world. Uncle Jim from Atlanta is a proud libertarian. Aunt Kelly from Texas is a staunch conservative. Your cousin John from California is a diehard liberal. And guess what? They're all together to have an amazing time and share different viewpoints. We don't always agree, but blah, blah, blah. Well, the funny thing is this site is really only uh, Aunt Kelly from Texas, the staunch conservative. (laughs) Maybe there's a libertarian or two in there, but there's no big tent here. Yeah. So, like, it's just comedy. The big tent was Twitter. You left it. (laughs) Well, he got kicked off. Well, Twitter. I'm saying the people, you know. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I don't believe they've left it. Uh, oh, no, of course not. They talk yeah. about Twitter all the time on there. Uh, yeah, they haven't left it. So, uh, all right. Uh, no, that's funny. Yeah, they're big tent. What a joke. Because this is something that MAGA tries to do, ladies and gentlemen. They try to present themselves as having an open mind when actually they have a closed mind. It's so much gaslighting going on in the world today, Benji. You know what I'm saying? This oh, calling okay. this damn thing is truth. It's the ultimate form of gaslighting. Well, uh, if you know how much he lies, it's it's exposed right there. Yes. It's the opposite. It's always the opposite out of his mouth. Uh, all right, so uh, pound your chest a little bit. Uh, you were a little Draymond Green-like uh, uh, in your uh, uh, trolling. And yes. By the way, I'm a big fan of Draymond Green, so hold your criticisms, ladies and gentlemen. I think he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Got no problem with gay, uh, Draymond Green other than the fact that he plays for the Golden State Warriors. Cannot stand that team. But we will hold back on the basketball talk. So, uh uh, talk a little bit about your trolling. I guess he was with Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard, the former congresswoman from Hawaii. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I already touched on it a little bit. Uh, Tulsi's just, it's, you know, it's just sad that, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened to her. Uh, she seemed like a pretty good person representing the great state of Hawaii. Who's had really great representation over the years. And um, I mean, there's going to be some sort of, great tell-all book at some point about what really happened there. But uh, she's she's clearly, like, you know, sold her soul to the dark side. And I don't know if that's money or what, but uh, um, it's she's the most pro-Russian troller out there, and I just call it out every time, you know, basically like, well, of course you're pro-Russia. <laughs> you're, you're, they're paying for you to do this. You know, whatever. And and uh, so I may have asked you before, I can't remember, did did she, did she respond? Oh, no. 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 And is but, there... You know, it, it, her lawyer probably says that Tulsi's not even putting those out there. It's her, no, I'm kidding. Right? Like, that's always the excuse when they, they get into any kind of trouble of a tweet or a truth. You know, they're like, oh, I didn't do that. That's my team. Well, I'm going to hear, uh, and I'd love to see get Monroe's reaction to this and yours as well. Uh, I will play devil's advocate you with you and defend Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, so here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Monroe remembers this from the summer of 2019. We were talking a lot on the show about the Democratic debates. Uh, mm-hmm. It was mandatory if you were a guest on the show to watch the debates. Yep. I think Monroe may have cheated in a couple debates and done the yep. Cliff Notes version. Uh, but um, 
he was critical of Tulsi, uh, and I was singing her praise. I know you remember this, Monroe, uh, when she counterpunched Kamala Harris on the issue of of uh, reefer uh, marijuana in California and mm-hmm. the um, prosecution of people for um, possession. And I've always felt that at her best, uh, Tulsi Gabbard uh, represents a voice against uh, just unhinged militarism in our country. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, things that... M- Bipartisan coalitions that led to the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan and the O's uh, and then to routinely uh, pass huge budgets uh, for the military. Got problems with her on a lot of issues, not the least of which is her sort of uh, anti-Muslim uh, rhetoric. And yeah. But uh, I also just my problem with her, I guess here I was going to defend her but it's just that it just seems like it's one way she's always criticized democrats like she well yeah she's she sold her soul now she's she's done she's about as liberal as cinema um but uh you know if you're if you're i agree with you on the the anti-war stance that's why i liked her too for a while and why would you then align yourself with uh you know the the neocon war machine yeah (laughs) it doesn't make any sense yeah Monroe, any thoughts, uh, Tulsi Gabbard? Just, you know, back then, as today, I just think she's nuts. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you were she, right. she, she, her positions are cockeyed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, I, I can't follow the logic. So a lot of what, you know, I mean, I get you, you could think of her as a, um, a Rochester, Roche's test or something. You can see into her whatever you want to because there's nothing there. Yeah, um, I, I I did my best to defend her, uh, but I do. I will always appreciate that counterpunch she threw at Kamala. Uh, and uh, all right, uh, I got a couple more. If you want to go real quick through them, yes, go ahead. One one was with just a uh, a poor grandmother actually. So I kind of feel bad about this, but I actually. If I when I tell the whole story, I wasn't really that mean. I don't think maybe I was. Well, I'll we'll let you judge. But uh, her tweet was her truth was basically like uh, talking about how much she loved her father and how what a great man he was and how much he was like Donald Trump. Uh, and I, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I just went, oh man, I'm really sorry to hear that your father was a chronic liar and a womanizer and. <laughs> Uh, you know, just a horrible human, uh, uh, like an unconvicted felon. Um, but I hope things get better for you. And uh, that's the one who told me to drop dead. Uh, and then, and then went on to explain that why her father was great because he was a Christian and he was uh, pro union, worked in a union, hardworking union man. And uh, now he's spending his time in heaven. And I said, well, I'm glad you clarified it because, but uh, I I really think you need to think about comparing him to someone who's anti-union, is a giant womanizer, and will never see the light of heaven. (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) I was going to say, the notion that her father's like Trump. Yeah, there was was no connection whatsoever. Wow, that's, uh, all right. And then uh, finally, abortion. Yeah, well, this is where I got a little mean. But you know it's Eric, it's it's Don Trump Jr. So it, I don't really care. Um, 
he uh, he made a tweet of uh, happy uh, birth giving Mother's Day. A uh, truth, whatever, yeah. And I just couldn't resist, and I said, uh, uh, "You must have uh, you, you must have some sad feelings today for all your aborted siblings you never got to meet." <laughs> uh, needless to say, he didn't comment on that, uh, or I didn't get any likes. Uh, that, but uh, did they anyway. take it down? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look, but I, that would be the one. Because yeah. now you're striking at something. And yeah. I've said this to Monroe, and Monroe, you, I think you agree with me on this, that the biggest fraud on abortion in the country right now may be Donald John Trump. Because Maybe. until he embraced the evangelical community in order to get to harvest their votes, which is the only reason he embraced them, because I know he, he probably has nothing but contempt for them, yeah. he would brag about his womanizing. That's right. It, years of unprotected sex. So you yeah. know you know, you know, Benji. Come on. Of course, of course. Poor Don Jr. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure Donald Trump had all kinds of weird attitudes about like the the women that he would agree allowed to have his children. I mean, I, who I don't want to go into the psyche of Donald Trump because it's a very scary, frightening thing. Mm-hmm. This notion that the man who is contributor more most to the abolition of reproductive rights in this country would be Donald Trump. It's, I mean, it's utterly absurd given the life he led until 2015 when he came down those stairs. Monroe, do you agree with me on this? Oh, he's totally trans- transactional and, and totally dishonest. You know, for example, remember when he was a germaphobe? Yes. So what germaphobe... Right, what, what germaphobe do you know... <laughs> Who screws uh, porno stars? Mm, yeah, right. I mean, how does that compute? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, Benji, after the show, be so kind. Text me that wisecrack you made to Donnie Jr. I'm going to put it in the caption. All right. <laughs> oh uh, my God. Okay. Yeah, uh, that is that's pretty good uh, counterpunch. Um, so, all right, we're going to close down the show today, uh, and. Uh, Benji, I'm going to ask you to do this. I said no uh, basketball, but predict mm-hmm. who will be the four teams that emerge uh, from this round to um, uh, to meet in the conference finals. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a really great playoffs. Um, uh, the Miami Heat, uh, who I one of the two teams left, I have money on, um, will will advance. And that's pretty easy now that they're up three to two. Golden State will advance, which is pretty easy because Jaw and they're up. Um, and then uh, Phoenix will probably advance. Now they're up three to two, um, and they're the better team. But you never know with Luca. He's it just takes two hot games. So that one's a little closer, I think. And then the the, the series that that's just crazy is the Milwaukee Boston series. Uh, I uh, I'm rooting for Milwaukee. I like Milwaukee. They're down a man. Um, they look really tired. Um, the both teams look exhausted and they're all just, they look, I mean, that, that series is a war. It's so yeah. beating each other up so badly. Um, for some reason, I still think Milwaukee is going to pull it out. Giannis is just going to go nuts. Um, and just somehow will them to victory, but at what cost? 
So well, I predict that Miami and Golden State will make it to the finals. All right. Uh, and I'm just going to go the opposite way with you just for uh, <laughs> discussion. Uh, I, th- I think it'll be uh, Golden State versus Phoenix in the West. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm predicting Bucks versus 76ers. I'm just going to throw that out there just Sixers. to be different. Yeah. I love Joel Embiid. And I think, uh, you know, I think they just, they just saved their energy yesterday. They just didn't even show up because they wanted to win game six and then have some in the tank for seven. But I'm basically saying that just to be, uh, have a disagreement with you. And That's so, fair. you know, uh, Monroe, the question I have for you is this, uh, Rod Sawyer was one of our guests at the hideout on Tuesday and he's going to be on the show next Wednesday. Just want to tell you that Rod Sawyer, Alderman of the six Ward, son of Eugene Sawyer. And as everybody knows, Monroe was press secretary for Eugene Sawyer, mayor Eugene Sawyer back in 89, 90. And the first question, uh, at the hideout, we, we were there to talk ward map. The first question by Frank, uh, a dear friend of the show, uh, who's sitting in the front row. Coconati? What's that? Coconati? No, no, different Frank. No, no, oh, okay. God, no, Frank Coconati. Are you kidding right, me? Right, right. Okay. show up to the hideout. Um, anyway, first question from Frank was, uh, are you going to run for mayor? Oh, yeah. Uh, is Rod Sawyer? Yeah, Benji was there. Benji was at the, the hideout show uh, last Tuesday. Anyway, um and Rod Sawyer did a little dance, but he didn't say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he was looking at it, considering it. I think he would make a formidable, formidable challenger uh, to uh, Mayor Lightfoot. I think there's a, still a lot of voters in the city of Chicago uh, who have fond memories, older voters like myself, of Eugene Sawyer, and generally it's the older voters who vote. Monroe, one, do you think... Uh, Rod will take the leap and run. Uh, and two, uh, what do you, how do you assess his candidacy if he does? Go ahead. Okay, I, I think he'll run if he has a green light. I, he, he seems to be a little bit too reserved to take a chance. Uh, who gives uh, him the green light? Yeah, who gives him the green light? Uh, Which daily? No, no, not that way. His <laughs> family, you mean? That could be, but no. By that, I mean that if he sees a, a chance of winning, let's oh. say Lori stumbles, and it's yeah. obvious that she can be beaten, and uh, there's nobody better in his mind, then I think he'll do it. But, but I think he he's a little bit too playing it safe to take to 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 do it just. Um, and some politicians did, didn't wait until it was their turn. Okay, that, and then if, would he win or not? The problem is that as, as many Sawyer fans as there are, there are people who really still believe that Sawyer was a tool of the 29. And mm-hmm. so I'm not sure if he could win or not off his father's name. I, 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 you know, I'm not saying he couldn't, but. They, if there are a lot of Sawyer fans, but there are a lot of Sawyer detractors to this day. Well, I got to say this about that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're, Monroe and I are doing what we love to do. We're going back to a, a dispute that took place in 87, 88, and 89. Okay. Uh, we're old timers. We love talking this stuff. But in this dispute, if you ever, if you want to understand Chicago politics, you have to understand this dispute. There was a division within the black community in 87 after Harold died, and it never completely healed. And as a result, Daly won in 89 and reigned forever. Right. And that, if you, uh, 
it, Monroe has written about the division. He's talked about the division. We had Judge Evans on the show. Tim Evans was uh, the arrival, the chief rival of Sawyer. If you w- want to understand Chicago politics, you must understand that division. Uh, I feel like we have hurt, been hurt as a city because of it. Uh, I'll put it to you this way, Monroe. I think a lot of people who were adamant against Sawyer are kind of like realize – Oh, yeah, no, a lot of they, them do. They screwed up. Conrad Worrell, may rest in peace, yeah. said on my show, man, we messed up. And he did a, yeah. used a Bob, different Bob, word. Bobby Rush also. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, he regrets the way it went. Uh, but there are, and it's, that's, it's mainly younger people, actually, I think, who, who just got the word. Yeah. That don't you really understand what happened, can't appreciate it. Who are still just thinking? Well, Sawyer was the Uncle Tom because that's that's how they branded him. Yeah, man. And I'll tell you what: this the, the twists and turns of this. Benji, you got a kick out of this. Luis Gutierrez, who was a young alderman in '89, and gave that uh, passionate speech uh, as a Harold Washington supporter in the aftermath. Excuse me, in '87 of Harold Washington's after Harold had died, he gave that speech. Uh, we talked about this with Richard Steele Monroe, uh, where Louis gave that speech denouncing Sawyer and supporting Evans. Uh, and then later on, he cut a deal with Daly. And wow, right. what, a, what an interesting character Luis Gutierrez is. Anyway, just about a week ago, uh, he endorsed uh, Gil Vegas in the congressional uh, race primary against Delia Ramirez and did a, a anti-defund the police. This is something we got to talk about next week, Monroe, when we have Eugene Sawyer. An anti-defund the police uh, battle cry. And I'm like, Wow. Damn, we have come a long way since 1987 calling calling uh, Eugene Sawyer and Uncle Tom uh, Monroe. You know what I mean? It's just like that was so unfair to Sawyer and uh, disgraceful behavior, in my humble opinion. And uh, so we're still paying the price for it in many ways. And and Gutierrez uh, sided with Daly early on. Yes, he did. Yeah, and that was because he saw where the wind was blowing. I absolutely saw where the wind was blowing. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, that split, that division in the black community, Luis Gutierrez will tell you, he goes, well, the black people couldn't decide on one candidate, so I'm going to go cut a deal with Daly. Right, exactly. Right, right, exactly, right. Oh, Lord, what a city we live in. All right, Benji, thank you so much. for uh, You are now relieved of your duties as uh, Ben Jarowski's show, Trump Media Correspondent. So unless you want to, for some reason, <laughs> you know, you can even take it out of your phone. All right. You have my permission, not that you need it. Let me warn you, Benji. I, I, I had a doctor's appointment. And I'm sitting in the waiting room, uh, waiting to be taken in. I go on Facebook with some Trump nuts. Yeah. By the time I get in the doctor's office, my blood pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not not good for your health. No, it's it's not. It's good for the soul. I mean, just because you, you get to vent and release some stress. But in the meantime, it does take a toll. I do want to say, like, in the end of this, that, uh, you know, the, the one thing, uh, like, what before I delete it, I want to give a prediction for it because I am, right. you know, all about predictions. Um, they, they, you know, they love to brag about this thing being, you know, more popular than Twitter already, which is <laughs> not even remotely true. 
Um, it's more like uh, you ever see that uh, Allstate ad or State Farm ad, whatever it is, where it's the mayhem guy. Yes. And he's yeah. like doing, uh, he's doing like the goofy dance on the side, yeah. and it's yeah. like he's like, I'm gonna, uh, I am so, I'm so trending right now. I'm gonna get tens and tens of views. <laughs> to me, that's what the Truth app is. It's like if you want tens and tens of views. And then you think you're trending. That's basically your world. And uh, it's just going to die a, a quick death or yeah, just be no. some super nothing entity. Absolutely. Well, we were, well, while we're on this, it's, it was Trump being a brat again. I mean, he had the money, but it was also he's having a temper trend because Twitter yeah. kicked him off. So he's yeah. got to start his own thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely. Like, and how can I make money off that? Yeah. <laughs> right. no, exactly. Exactly. So uh, that's why he did it. Of course. Like everything Trump touches dies. Of course. <laughs> it's got to die. And um, he said he wasn't going back to Twitter. He's lying. Yeah. He'll be back within a week. Yeah. After oh, he, he wants to get back on there so fast and then he's out. Totally die. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. That's All right, very good. Monroe Anderson, uh, Benji Hall, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. And uh also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Benji and Monroe will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for DeMarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Mm-hmm.